Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode seven, Between Rock Candy and a Hard Place, Engaging with Halloween. That's our question today. We are broadcasting live, well, as always, live for us. We are living from the Power of Change headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm your host, Reed Money, and here with my co-host, Jesse Fury. Mm. How are you doing today, my brother? I'm doing good, man. I love me some rock candy. <laughs> rock candy. I love Halloween. Better than getting an apple in your pillowcase. Yeah, or a toothbrush when you do when you trick or treat. <laughs> when you go to you the, dentist the dentist's house. house. Well, hey, were you a, a fancy bag, a plastic pumpkin Halloween uh, trick or treater, or a uh, grocery sack? What What did you go with? We went with pillowcases. That's what we did too. Yeah. It, it, so big, you could fit so much hey, candy in one of those. You you go big yeah. before you go home on Hall- yeah. Halloween. You know, we we didn't we couldn't afford like like our own dedicated Halloween candy pumpkins to carry it around. We just took our pillowcases. Amen. And then if and if a bully tried to take your candy, yeah, yeah, you that convert that thing into a weapon. That is like em. a savage weapon. A pillowcase full of nerds and real talk. Here in the New River Valley, we had like. Uh, almost tropical storm le- uh, level winds last night, wind blowing. And there's this huge uh, black pumpkin uh, jack-o'-lantern looks like you could use to bring home two or three pillowcases or just blew up mm. in front of our house. And so I, I don't saw know, it when I pulled up. I here. don't know if we should put it on display so the, the owner can find it or just walk it down the street. I, I thought it was odd that you were, you placed a, a black jack-o'-lantern in front of the sewer in front of your house. <laughs> That's right. That's I right. Guess the wind blew it there. That's one of those things that I didn't want to touch. Well, we are talking about uh, Halloween, All Hallows' Eve history a little bit today, as well as uh, chosen practices. If you're uh, walking in the borderlands between the church and culture, uh, many, many years, many hundreds of years have been uh, walked on October 31st. When the seasons change, it starts to get darker. darker. Uh, the old pagans used to do old pagan things, and Christians do Christian things, and there's somewhere in between. That's where we're going today later in our segment here. Jess is going to give us a little history on things, and then we're going to just talk about practical. We'll give you five responses, maybe ways to engage Halloween. We may mm. even use a metaphor of, of a hand to give you those five things. Well, we uh, had a members meeting at our church last night where uh, Jesse handed out uh, 95 Reese's. 95 Reese's. <laughs> Got to celebrate Reformation Day. Yeah, man. Reese's are my favorite candy in every form. I wish every holiday, you know, whether it's a good holiday or a bad one, make, make you know, like president's heads out of Reese's peanut butter cups, Christmas trees, pumpkins, hearts. Anything. Any jack-o'-lanterns, yeah. uh, you know, little uh, leprechauns, or what do you call this, four-leaf clover, Reese's cups, I'd eat them. Yeah, leprechaun, any, any, yeah. You know, uh, a few years back, a couple of people did a, a prank on me where they taped 95 Reese's cups onto my study door oh, on Reformation Day on Halloween. Yeah. It was the greatest prank anyone's ever done to me. Yeah. Because you... then every day when I went into my study, I just, I left them taped up there. As a reminder of the Reformation and right. the, great, the five solos and whatnot. But right. uh, really, I left them out there so that I had this almost just dispensing machine of Reese's. Right. You would just walk in, pull one off the door. Instead of 95 bottles of German beer on the wall, you mm. had to take one down, Reese's cup, passed around, and had a good day. Yeah, I would be ashamed to admit how long it took me to finish <laughs> those. It wasn't 95 days. It's probably because you're, you're, you're a healthy person. Far less. No, no, far less. I ate so many of those. So, Reed, how you doing, man? How's your week been? 
My week's been good. I've been I've, I've been traveling every weekend. Uh, and this weekend I got to travel, but not by myself or out on the road serving in ministry. I went with my family, uh, all of us together, to kind of uh, rejoice with my wife. She was inducted to her high school sports Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame? Yeah, man, it was fun. We were all, all on the football field, Garner. Uh, high school there outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, and, and listening to my wife's resume being read over the PA system while my kids just like mouth was mouth was were dropping. It was really a pleasant thing to honor her. Her parents came. We all stayed kind of together. It was really a sweet, sweet time. Now back in the That's saddle, fun, man. We're here for uh, on mischief night. Uh, we'll tell you about that here in a minute, perhaps. But uh, day yeah. before Halloween in the Northeast, they have a special holiday. Of course, they do. Um, but yeah, we're back and, uh, looks like I need to cut my grass one more time. And then we are getting some fall weather and heading towards, uh, the winter. I Man, guess it here. feels like winter. Yeah. All right. Let me, uh, let me ask you some in or out questions here, Reed. Okay. So one of the segments we do is in or out. You want right, to jump in right. on this? You want to stay okay. out on this? Uh, okay. <laughs> did you celebrate Halloween as a kid? Uh, I'll, I'll go in on that. Um, I certainly did. Um, it was a big deal. Um, I didn't kind of have a, a church background and so, Halloween was just a natural thing that little kids in the neighborhood did. And, you know, you get candy, you know, you learn mm. about maybe the brokenness of the world where you're checking like fruit for razor blades and, you know, every now and then something evil was done. But for the most part, it was like, oh, get chocolate. Didn't like candy corn, but Reese's always, always a hit uh, on Halloween. And you grew up in uh, Virginia Beach? Virginia Beach, Virginia. 757, do, they, yeah. do people still it do was, that area Yeah, they code do, thing? 757. Yeah, if, 757. Yeah, I actually am very old. So if there's any 757ers out there who remember area code 804, which I think might be Richmond now. It's Richmond. But we were 804 uh, growing up before mm. the 757. Um, but yeah, that was that was my I was my a 703 kid. 703. Yeah. Nova. We don't really, yeah, we don't do that though. We don't call uh, it the 703. Yeah, just a little more swagger, I think, in Hampton and, you know, Tidewater, you know, kind of down there. I don't know. Yeah, mm. I think you're right. <laughs> so Michael Vick, Alan Iverson, all from Ronald Curry, all from the 757. Yeah, you're, but these, those are all old people. I know they are old. That's true. They're like our age. Yeah, we're Tyrod Taylor. He might have been from there too. Brian Randall. A lot of yeah. yeah, these are old people. So, so yeah, I celebrated as a kid Halloween for sure. Fun holiday for you? Yeah, it was good, man. And it was like my favorite. I loved Halloween as a kid, man. You just look forward to it for weeks. Oh right? yeah, and then you enjoy it for weeks. Yeah. Well, if you could ration your candy well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any fun Halloween? customs you did yeah i mean we, we certainly dressed up we were a little bit of everything um probably the the my favorite costume i don't know if it was um legit or cool or not but um my brother and i and some friends dressed up as the band kiss you know the you, you shook me all night long kind of people um we they had this makeup kit and we went straight up i think i was peter chris the one that looks like a little kitty cat kind of thing mm. people were jeans i know kiss not a good band i know there's some bad stuff but um yeah that was what my how probably, old were you ah probably nine <laughs> i was pretty little yeah yeah that's pretty good pretty misled activity there but uh yeah it was fun it's what i remember for sure i remember we would uh every halloween we'd go out we'd we'd you know in in uh when we were kids our parents just sent us out. Yeah. Like they didn't walk yeah, around with us. Out into the dark. Too. Out into the dark. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, dark out. There's, and, and I'd go out with my friends and our pillowcases and, uh, and then we would all come back to one central house 
dump all the candy into piles and then trade. Yeah, that was so smart. Oh, it was so fun. We would we would trade and negotiate and try to get the best of the weak link, you know, like you always had one guy who was running game on trying to get all the snicker yeah, bars. Yeah, and then and you had like one, you know, one friend who was just kind of a people pleaser, yeah. so you just <laughs> he liked to Come give. on, come on. You Yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. trade you all of these uh, squirrel nut, you know, what, what are those things called? Beach nut yeah, or something. Be- I'll uh, trade you all these. Tootsie Rolls the ones I always try to get rid of. Oh, yeah. Rid you can have all rolls. my Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. Give Except me all for the, your Reese cups for my yeah, Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you 100 Tootsie Rolls yeah. for like 20 Reese's cups. Uh, yeah. All right. So um, what's the worst thing? You, here, in or out. Okay. <laughs> Confession time. Oh, gosh. Worst thing you've done in the Halloween season. Worst thing. Gosh. You in on that? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go in, but I, I know that uh, the the undergrounders are going to think low of me for this one. Um, one of the things I did realize, though, is in New Jersey, uh, they, they didn't have this in Virginia when I was growing up. They actually have a separate holiday called Mischief Night. So all the New Jersey Sounds people Sounds like a Jersey thing. Yeah, it kind of no is. Offense, it's Jersey a, people. it's a Northeastern U.S. thing. Well, it's basically, it's also called the Devil's Night, apparently. Well, that'll get a little bit ahead of ourselves of the spiritual implications of Halloween. But it's also called the Devil's Night. But it was basically a night where you go out and did pranks mischief things i think um i would have been a good fit for that as a kid because a couple guys on my football team in high school uh one of them i'm not gonna say his name but uh he had this little slogan he would say he would say ghost goblins witches and hags tonight's the night to snatch some bags and and, uh we it was a mantra for us and 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 we would literally go go after some of those pillowcases as big huge guys on little kids now before everyone see when there. i was a kid we would have been way more afraid of you than any yes. kind of ghouls or goblins yes. it was and, teenagers we and, were afraid of and rightly rightly so now i will in our defense say that we always gave the bags back Empty. we we did no no, no. <laughs> we did them for effect um and we would always come back and the parents would scream at us still and we would give the bag back to the kids or drop it if the parents were very angry mm. uh, but we like the uh the effect that took place after the snatching uh but we would never actually fully steal yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Kenny, it is but bad, you gave yeah. it back. Yeah, we gave it back. Yeah, it was that's like, surprising. Yeah, it's like a little Robin Hood. I don't even know if that makes sense. But no, we, that's not we really. Not Robin you're Hood. stealing from the poor and, and then giving and back giving to the back. poor. We're, we're not doing anything. Yeah, really. you're not really doing anything. Yeah. Uh, all right. And, um, mor- and morally, it probably was not a neutral act because it was kind of cruel. Yeah, I would agree. It was cruel. But that's sna- why you're saying it's the worst thing you've but done. But we snatched them bags. Uh, have you ever? Have you ever been part of a harvest festival? Like a church harvest festival, people um, do this. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go in on it. Um, oh. I never had as a child, uh, but I went to one uh, went as an adult with my wife, <laughs> and they were replete with Bible games and things like that. So it was different. It wasn't something that uh, you know. I think I think uh, it was well intentioned. Let's say that. All right, good enough. Uh, all right, I think that's all I got for you for in or out. Yeah, I went in on everything. I just, yeah, you're, well, you're an in kind of guy, <laughs> yeah, man. I want to talk about Halloween. Did you say, did you already, what's the coolest thing you dressed up as a, as a kid? My coolest, I don't know. I think we tried to like be Hercules one time when I was a little too old for Halloween and you know, we're trying to strut our stuff in the neighborhood. But uh, other than that, I, I don't really remember a lot except for that you know, we all were kiss. As the kiss, little, yeah. Way too young kiss. Yeah. Um, the too young kiss. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That's good. You know, I was thinking I can't I can't remember many of my I, I can't remember what I dressed up as, but I guess it's been a while. You know, I do remember when I was in college, I dressed up as the dude from the Big Lebowski because <laughs> yeah. my friend my friend Jake, shout out, 
Jake has the dude's sweater, but not like, you know, they started remaking it. I actually right. saw a guy in a coffee shop last week. Have, he had the dude's sweater. Are you familiar with the dude? Yes, yeah, the yes, dude abides. Yes. And, uh, but Jake had the sweater and it belonged to his grandpa. His grandpa was the original dude. Oh my God. Apparently. So he, so the movie came out and Jake was, was like, like, Oh, modeled, I, modeled I, after him. Yeah, it could be. The movie came out and Jake said, I have that sweater. <laughs> and so I have two friends in New Jersey that because we just said the big Lebowski on the gospel underground podcast, we'll just be happy people. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. And in, you know, we, we sometimes talk about things on the gospel underground. We're not either recommending nor not. No, recommending no, no. The... Yeah. There's a lot that I did in college. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend or even want to talk about, but I carried around a little, uh, little low ball glass and. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did it. Stuffed, man. A, stuffed it. A, uh, a pillow inside of my v neck, white, white t shirt, <laughs> had some slippers on, and just, uh, um, you know, anyway, I was the dude. Yeah, adult Halloween is. There another, are pictures of that. You know, I'm glad. Uh, this side note every now and then I think about how glad I am that, that we had to use like real cameras with real film, which meant we didn't take many pictures in college. Yeah. yeah There's just yeah. not a lot of evidence of things that we did. The back kids then. today. You know, of course, they've invented Snapchat now to try to get rid of some of the yeah. evidence, but still, there is a longevity to our uh, foolishness that kind of travels with the youth today. I do have some pictures of that dude outfit, though. <laughs> hey, so Halloween history, right? Let's go in. All right, let's go in. So, um, you know, as we were thinking about Halloween, really what we're thinking about is uh, what are some of the right orientations towards this holiday? You know, how should, how should people think about and celebrate Halloween? Um, you know, there's some interesting things about Halloween currently. Uh, you, you know how much money is generated by Halloween? A hundred million. <laughs> okay, so you're close. You're close. A hundred million is close to how much Americans spend on costumes for their pets. Oh, pets like, like dog Halloween. Dog. Yeah, pet co- Americans spend three hundred and fifty million dollars on Halloween wow. costumes for pets. Wow. Wow. Pets. Okay, so... The question is, is Jesus pleased with it? <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, Jesus loves your pets, okay? But yeah. he doesn't want you to spend that much money on them, on at least their Halloween costumes. Uh, this is from 2014. Short little article in The Atlantic. We'll link to it in the show notes. But uh, Halloween spending is $7.4 billion in the U.S. on candy, costumes, and decorations. I hope a lot on Reese Cups. Seven, two, two billion is candy. And so uh, p- potentially two and a half billion. I'm sure it's more now. So yeah. uh, this is a huge holiday. You said, did you? Yeah, I think, I think I read something yesterday said that the second largest commercial holiday in America behind Christmas, which we all know we spend too much money then. But Halloween, the, num- number You know, two. I like to put the X back in Xmas. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You got to put the Christ back in Christmas. Yeah, uh, that's right. Where do we put it in Halloween? Well, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a lot of controversy about Halloween because uh, we've learned that there's well, really, it's not just it's not just the Celtic Druid holiday of Samhain, right. Uh, right? Which is which we see a correlation between origins this around this time of year. Yeah, this time of year, the pre-Christian that's religions, right. yeah. and Celtic peoples. My people, actually, I'm Irish, so I, I got some Celtic blood in the veins that there yeah, was a celebration well. yeah. that, that uh, turned when the seasons turned and it started to get darker. Uh, there were certainly celebrations that morphed and evolved right over the years. That's right. And Samhain, I, I believe, is is maybe kind of a god of the dead. And the, you know, the thing that's notoriously difficult about this is we, we don't have very much writing from 
druids. You know, there's not like a druid holy book that that catalogs all of this stuff. And so we sort of piece together different things. And the truth is, is that pretty much every culture has some kind of day of the dead, some kind of, you know, celebration, both of the turning of the seasons, of uh, celebrating this kind of day of the dead. And and, but there's a rich Christian history associated with Halloween. It's not just something that like the Christians stamped, right? You know, kind plundered of a, the pagans, yeah, yeah. They took, didn't just plunder it and say, "Oh, holiday. we'll take that over." Yeah. Um, it really comes down to contextualization, but not just that. There was, there was a a celebration, uh, you know, uh, All Hallows Eve, uh, which happened on October 31st. Uh, in celebration of All Saints Day, or which would be November 1st, where we're celebrating uh, those who have died in victory, right? right. So the idea being our, our forebears right. in the faith who have, who have died, but the death is, is, is actually a victory over right. demons and so Satan and the, so on. You know, Europe pre-Christian has this Day of the Dead, various cultures in different forms, and then the church, right? In this case, the Roman Catholic Church uh, creates a, a celebration of those who have died in the Lord. Um, obviously, with some of the, the hagiography of sainthood and beatification right. that maybe we as maybe more Protestant believers would not hold to. Uh, but in essence, after the Day of the Dead, celebrating those who died in victory in in Jesus. That's right. We actually have history going back to the third and fourth century. John Chrysostom even talks about in the fourth century that the Eastern Church celebrated a festival in honor of all the saints who died. Right, so, right. so this is this is parallel right. celebrations. It's not it's Chrysostom not a Chrysostom is dealing with Eastern Greek speaking Christianity. That's right. That was separate from the the Roman Catholic Latin. That's right. So on the West, Eastern yeah. side, that's right. You've got Chrysostom giving evidence of this going back to the fourth mm-hmm. century. Uh, on the Western side, we actually have this really interesting letter. From uh, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm going to summarize it. Gregory the Great, uh, mm-hmm. Pope Gregory, mm-hmm. uh, writing to Augustine, um, not the Augustine, not the Augustine, another one. Yeah, the Augustine who went to missionary, uh, missionary mm-hmm. into England, yep. and uh, went to the Celtic people. Mm-hmm. And it's not directly, uh, it's not directly uh, involving Halloween or Samhain or uh, or All Hallows Eve, but what. What, what uh, Gregory the Great said to him in this letter is he said, listen, as you, as you come into these pagan worlds that they have their own festival days, they've got their own celebrations, they have temples and altars, here's what you need to do. Go in there and get rid of the altars. We, we need to make sure we clear the altars out. We want to try to have some clarity about their worship practices. But we have our own festivals. We have our own temples and our own, well, our own buildings where we gather together to worship. And so there's no sense in necessarily just destroying their temples. If their right. temples are solid, right. he says, if they're, if they're well-made, right. uh, convert them. Yeah. Translate them into right. church buildings. Right. Uh, if their festivals are... If they're used to gathering at the end of October for this festival of celebration of you know honoring the dead, remind them, hey, we do the same thing. We have a celebration of our dead. Who, but but it's a, but it's different, right? Okay, and so help them see the difference. But but help basically translate their desire to gather and you know gathering to have a celebration is not a bad thing. Honoring even our our ancestors is not a bad thing. Worshiping them is, and so we right. want to walk them out right. of false worship into the true worship, but we can we can kind of translate the calendar for right, them. Right. And so that, that goes back to the 5th century as it's well. It's a really, really interesting and complex issue is how uh, something that's transcultural like the gospel, that's a really a word from without, 
uh, comes to people who live within cultures, right? Because yeah. there's certain aspect of every cultures when Jesus encounters them. There's certain aspects that are beautiful and good because of the image of God being lived, food styles and clothing and art. Uh, and then there's obviously uh, every culture, whether it's our culture's idolatry with the worship of money or success or image, or other uh, cultures where you know, statues and different things are worshipped or parts of nature or fertility worshipped as gods. And so this kind of a lot of times people say well that's just syncretism to take over you know a temple or something yeah. uh, but syncretism is the mergings of the beliefs and worship of a culture uh to pollute right uh, that's right the, the biblical witness of the gospel yeah to say you can worship your god and our god right. is syncretism right to t- take a building and say this building is not is, is no different from any other building it's it, just a nice yeah. solid building that you right. that you guys happen to gather in right. hey let's let's gather in this building and worship if, the true god but if we're worshiping Wall Street or worshiping Odin and Jesus at the same place at the same time, then yeah. that's where the confusion comes in, and syncretism right. comes in. But the gospel always uh, travels through cultures, uh, and then even takes upon uh, various forms, languages. We, we know that the gospel tra- traverses languages, uh, and certainly uh, local customs that are not, right? Yeah, and, um, and, and, and I think I'm not necessarily arguing that Gregory was right. Right. I right. just want to present. Here's part of the history of of how we how we sort of Christianized the calendar, right. Right. and and I I do think there's something good about contextualization. That's right. It's complex, and we have to you know we have to. And many times there's mistakes making right on, right. on all sides where syncretism does take place, but there's also a place where one culture then becomes imperialistic, thinking its culture is that actually the one that fell out from heaven. Right, as if um, it's a cultural right. or above culture, right? Certainly colonial Christian uh, societies have done that in, in ways that were certainly inappropriate yeah. um, and, and wrong. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I like to talk about when we talk about contextualization, I didn't know we were going this route, but yeah, I like I didn't it. either, but... <laughs> uh, one of the things that's so, so striking to me is, is how our... So Christianity... It comes to us in a translation. Yeah. Right. So not only do we have God Himself translating Himself into human form. Right. Which I would argue is a form of contextualization. Right. right? It's it, or I would even say it might be the the type or, or anti-type of contextualization. Right. The thing that contextualization draws from. God translated Himself, Philippians two, from His place in heaven. Right. To human form, to That's our right. flesh. Uh, but, and, and in doing so, communicated to humans in the way that's probably most easily understood. Right. Um, instead of um, taking on a, speci- a specific, you know, I'm only going to uh, come to one people, one culture. He took on something that's common to all people in culture, yeah. but became a, a, a Galilean man speaking Aramaic uh, in context. But with the image of God, yeah. God become human uh, so that we might see and know a person. Yeah. And I think all human beings, despite culture, see and know persons, uh, but we also know that persons travel in cultures. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he became encultured. Uh, and, then, and then Christianity is like the major religion that has a translated uh, uh, a holy book. Yeah. So even the words of our founder yeah. come to us in, via translation. It has right. Jesus' teachings and the teachings about Jesus right. have been translated from the very beginning, from yeah. even even the picture of uh, um, the uh, Pentecost, that's right. When when there's a translation happening 
to all of these different encultured people who then take that translated message of, of Jesus back to their own cultures. And the practice of worship. They praised God in each of their own tongues. Right. And then they brought the worship of the Creator, the one God. And so this gets to the beauty that truth can be conveyed, right? God conveyed yeah. himself to us in Jesus, and then we convey uh, who Jesus is, both through the Old and New Testaments, as he's proclaimed in the world to all cultures. Right. And when those things come in contact, there has to be wisdom from a people to say, this cultural practice, is this uh, something that can be submitted to Jesus as king to the glory of God, or is it something that should be rejected? And so, yeah. hence talking about Halloween. That's right. Yeah. So let me, let me jump back into the history. That was good. Yeah. Uh, um, so a few things that I, I find really interesting with the history. Uh, so one is we're not really sure what happened for, on Samhain, uh, this, this Celtic holiday. We just don't know. So we know some things, but we don't know a lot. Um, we do know that people dressed up on, on all, all Hallows Eve, which became Halloween, uh, that people dressed up as uh, as the dead. Now, some some strands again; these are encultured in different places. Some some places we have evidence that they were revering the dead. They were saying, "Hey, let's celebrate these heroes of the faith." In some places, we actually have this rich history of shaming the devil, mm-hmm. and so this sense that on this day that that uh, that some people celebrate like darkness and evil the christians are going to dress up it, this is this is even gargoyles on churches yeah, gargoyles yeah. on churches with their tongues sticking out they're actually ridiculous they're a little scary but they're ridiculous and they're meant to shame the devil like you think you won but you didn't win death didn't have the last word right so so they so they would this is even part of the history of dressing making the devil into a this kind of uh cloven hoofed uh forked tongue you know horns and 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 the and the uh, bifurcated tongue and the tails. It, part of that is to is to make fun of, poke fun. Of. It, it, it really follows uh, in some way Luther his whole thing of the, the one way to to really um, drive the devil away. The one thing the devil can't handle is is uh, jeering. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. Is joking. Is making fun of him. Is taunting him. Your, your, your comment about gargoyles brought to mind this quote from G.K. Chesterton, a book a little over 100 years old called Orthodoxy, where he said, there is a vital objection to the advice merely to grin and bear it. Yeah. The objection is that if you merely bear it, you do not grin. And then he says this, Greek heroes do not grin, but gargoyles do, because they are Christian. Nice. And, and I do think... Um, uh, an over obsession with the devil in the terms of giving him too much power or giving him too much due uh, is a mistake we can make with the devils and certainly uh, a tradition that yeah. uh, mocks or or um, not mocks in a way that we're going to be more powerful than the devil. The Lord rebuke you, as yeah. the, Bi- the Bible says. Yeah, that's right. So, so there's there's some history there of, of uh, you know, we don't, we're not quite sure some of like the jack-o'-lanterns origins, you know, really throughout the, the course of the last 1500 years, we see Halloween has both dark, uh, actual occult practices, practices right. and Summoning it has rich, the dead, right? Yeah. And it has rich Christian practices that remind us both of the heroes of the faith, which, uh, which even if we look at Hebrews, we have this right. picture. We're supposed to look at the heroes of the faith. Right. We're supposed to celebrate them. We, d- we don't have to fall into a kind of uh, hagiography of, of making 
saints out of uh, out of the heroes, you know, and making them superheroes, making them superheroes, humans, yeah. Uh, but but there's a history of honoring and and looking back and celebrating, uh, as well as shaming, shaming the forces of darkness that Jesus has won. Right. And right. Uh, you can you can come out and try and scare us. Right. But we're going to we're going to turn you into a joke. Right. Uh, and so yeah, so I I think throughout history we see both at work. Right, because the yeah. you know the practices of summoning the dead, uh, certainly inviting the demonic, has also been associated with the history of this time of year in various cultures. Yeah. And so the concerns, we're not saying the concerns are not warranted, they are, but the history is a bit more mingled, at least in terms of Christian yeah, practice. Yeah, it's very mingled, and I would even argue that most of the, so I think that the, often what we hear about Halloween is connected to these these Druid festivals and Celtic kind of pagan festivals, in part because uh, I, the Christian history is pushed aside, I think, because of a commitment to pluralism, which isn't a bad thing as far as, mm. you know, if you're, if you're in the—you you, want to show that—anyway, uh, this commitment to show, like, pluralistic roots of things, but also kind of a—yeah, um, uh, to make designer paganism more— it's more been a, acceptable. It's been a replundering, if you will, where yeah. neo paganism or go back to the pre Christian Euro- European roots. Uh, what is the pentagram? Uh, you know, Satanism right. being a worship of nature, uh, trying to bring a popularity to that, a claiming of the complete holiday season around Halloween by such That's ideas. That's what, yep, exactly. Yes, right. Um, for sure. And so the Christian practices around around these things that are very ancient as well are kind of uh, lost they're pushed aside and so we, we just don't learn about them it's worth it's worth digging into and seeing that there's you know it, it's not it's not a modern candy holiday right now it is now right. as we just saw with how much money is spent right. but right and there are intense cultic practices yeah uh, occultic practices associated yeah it's kind with of a messed up that's why that's why we're talking it's that's right that's right and because of that, you know, a, a Christian, you know, I'm a Christian parent, saying, "Well, should we even participate in this at all? Um, what are what of our what are our practices with a, a holiday like this?" Yeah, give us some advice. It has Reed. some weird history and even some dark evil associated with it. And certainly, Hollywood has taken it that way, right? We want to get into you know Freddy Krueger slasher films, Michael Myers, Halloween, spooky, scary stuff, right? Um, and so, a Christian have you parent, seen a, Have you seen the movie Baby Driver? I have not. I have not. My they, wife will not watch a horror movie. So. Oh, it's not a horror movie. Okay. Yeah, it's like an action. Uh, it's <laughs> really, it's a good movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. And, uh, and they're bank robbers. Uh, and and the, the main guy tells tells them to go get, one of the guys tells them to go get some uh, Michael Myers masks, masks. Halloween masks yeah, for, yeah. Their, for the bank robbery. And the guy shows up with... Uh, Austin Powers, Powers, Mike Myers, <laughs> Wayne's World. It's just oh, they are funny. Yeah, Michael Mi- Michael Myers of Halloween is kind yeah. of freaky. Well, there are parallels, right, uh, for dealing with issues that uh, followers of Jesus might disagree upon. Uh, we could call them debatable matters. So things like you know, should you have a beer or not, or or drinking. Certainly, uh, been discussed in the history of the church. I'll link to, in the show notes to an article on alcohol participation or not. But some of these categories that I'll give now follow you know any debatable issue. Yeah. And so I'm going to give five, um, and I'll I'll use them as fingers to kind of help guide us along. The first one, let's just say, is our index finger. This is pro- prohibitionism, meaning that everyone 
who's a Christian, should not participate in this thing. So Halloween, it is prohibited, morally yep. wrong, ungodly in any and every form and participation. I call it the index finger because you're pointing the finger at those Christians or those people who are doing it wrong, and you prohibit it. So you're starting with the index finger. I, <laughs> I'm not really going, interesting where I'm, you're going I'm next. Not using, I'm only using the metaphor for the pointer finger and the thumb. Not, okay. I'm okay. not saying abstentionism is, is the, middle, uh, finger is the middle finger to anyone. Good. Now, abstentionism is the next position. It, this position says it is wrong. It is not wrong for everyone, but it's not right for me. And now you don't give the middle finger to others who do practice it. But this is wrong for my family and my conscience. Okay. And, and we really need to re- leave room on issues like this for conscience. For instance, uh, the issue of alcohol. Someone who, in, in their in wisdom, they see the attendant negative effects of alcohol, alcoholism, addiction, ruin of families, uh, and they choose by their own conscience not to participate. Some would look at Halloween that way. There are certain practices culturally that we think get too close for our conscience to uh, things that are wrong or wicked or evil. Mm-hmm. And so there's other practices that people who abstain from Halloween might do. You mentioned harvest parties, right? Things to go to at the church, things like trunk or treat. Got to have your trunk you or treat, trunk or yeah. treat, right? Where you, uh, things like chick tracks. No, I'm just kidding. Um, where you hand out, you know, Reformation rave parties, maybe uh, Protestant whoa, whoa, costumes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's you, you, a Reformation rave party? That's where you, party. you get your Luther uh, monk hairdo um, uh, hat and a hammer, and you and you, you just go crazy. To you go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I made that up. I've never heard of a Reformation rave party. But you get my, sounds fun. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Do, like, can you buy a? Uh, a Luther, like a monk. Oh, I bet you can. I need to find one of those. You get one of those weird, you know, makes a make a ball monk head hair. like a horseshoe. I mean, I was hair. just going to shave my head for yeah, it. But <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> if I knew I could get a, don't do it. a wig. So prohibition, all should not participate. It's wrong for everybody. I'm declaring it. So abstention, it's wrong for me, not right for my family to participate mm-hmm. in Halloween, but others might be able to do so in conscience. Moving over to the ring finger, maybe this is where we get married. We're using the finger metaphor a little yeah, too much here. Yeah, I do like that you skip the middle finger, though. Yeah, yeah, of. yeah. No, we're abstentionists, don't yeah. give the middle finger to the participants. You don't do it. Moderation means there should be parameters around the mm-hmm. participation. Mm-hmm. In other words, we might participate in Halloween uh, or even the night, October 31st, in certain ways. You know, I've, I've seen hell nights and haunted ha- hell houses where people try to preach the gospel through yep. the hall. Plenty you know, of those around here. Slasher stuff there is. I, w- yep. I will not be going to those. Um, but, hey, we can participate in some aspects of... Get chased around by a, by a chainsaw with no, bl- no uh, blade right. in it. That's right. No That's chain. Right. A chainless some, chainsaw. Maybe and... some eyeballs uh, yeah. that are grapes, but you say that mm. these eyeballs are in hell or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, there's parameters around participation, and it's still very a Christian uh, focus on the thing. Um, the, the pinky finger, right, um, I'll, I'll call thoughtful engagement. So you hold your pinky up while you take a sip of mm. uh, your German Reformation uh, beverage. Yes. This means participation with wisdom in order to engage our neighbors. In other words, we want to participate with our friends who maybe don't know the Lord, who, have, like like us growing up, Halloween was a big deal. Yeah. Um, I saw a friend's uh, tweet the other day that Halloween, Jeremy Rose, pastor of Axis Church in uh, Nashville area, said that Halloween is God's providential uh, ordained time for all of us to meet our neighbors. Yeah. Uh, because look, man, we live in a, a culture where people come in and out of their houses, in and out of their garage, up and down to work and back. And Halloween, everyone, right, in the neighborhood is out. 
They're on the streets. They're talking to each other. So some practices, right, Prince? Uh, do it with your neighbors. Avoid the occult. Avoid the dark and demonic, but have fun with our friends. And I'm going to skip real quick to to the um, to the thumbs the up. Thumb. The thumbs up. Yeah, that mm. just means everything's okay. Do it all. You know, hey, let's go to our Ouija board out and talk to the dead. Well, there's certain things that are cultural. Thumbs down. And thumbs down <laughs> on that. And they're not just cultural. They're spiritual, right? Yeah. We are not unaware of the devil's schemes. There is spiritual powers of darkness in this present realm. We don't want to play with occultic practices, nor do we want our children to. And yeah. so uh, the whole thumbs up, green light, everything about cultural celebrations for Halloween are wrong, nor pointing the finger at everyone does it that they are all wrong in participating at all. So, so you, think, want to, you want to make room for those middle three. Yeah, I want to make room for abstention and conscience. We don't do that. Yeah. I want to make uh, room for moderate participation with wisdom. And then the closely related one with maybe a little more intentionality, thoughtful engagement, participating with wisdom as we engage our neighbors with the truth, with Jesus, with being in each other's lives so that we might share uh, the, the true uh, mm-hmm. creator, God, and Savior that we love and serve Jesus with our neighbors who are out you know, looking for Reese Cups. Um, so some practices, man. Um, do you, what do you? What does your family do? Currently? I tell you one thing. Where we, do you land on this? Well, we haven't you, even talked about this. Yeah, yet. we haven't. While you were talking about, um, you know, the God's sovereignly ordained night where all your neighbors come outside, <laughs> I was thinking about my as a kid. Part of why Halloween was one of my favorite days of the year was it was crazy in our neighborhood. There'd be hundreds of kids outside, parents walking around, parents sitting out or dressing up like something scary and, you know, <laughs> popping up out of a coffin in the front yard or something. But it was like a giant block party. People yeah. didn't even drive, right? You yeah. kind of just shut it down. Yeah. And uh, it was it was this cultural phenomenon that just, it was fun. Yeah. It was just like, like, so I was thinking, I didn't know of anything occultic happening when right. I was a kid. Just unaware of it. Just unaware. Yeah. I didn't know right. kid. I didn't, I, it wasn't like I had friends that were like, let's go find a baby. And, you know, let's it was get just the pentagram. Let's out get the pentagram out. It was it. just, yeah. let's dress up, go get candy, have fun yeah. outside. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so we, so now we have this sort of like. Uh, and the age of your children. My children are seven, six, and five. Okay, and, and and one on the T way, minus, and and know, one and month counting on the launch pad, which, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so seven, six, and five. In the last few years, we have a. Um, uh, it is it is kind of small, but uh, well, it's actually pretty big for for our small town. We will have sixty people in our front yard and backyard. Wow, tomorrow is, night. Yeah, uh, we we will have all. In fact, you guys are invited. Uh, we'll have all kinds of people over. So what we do is we we take that idea that there's one day of the year where people are out, their doors are open, they're 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 walking around. You have an opportunity to engage with your neighbors, uh, and then we think through why don't we just throw a party? Yeah. Uh, so we will have uh, we'll have a, a a fire in our fire pit. We'll have uh, we I will my, I have two gigantic the biggest oak trees you've ever seen that just shed leaves constantly. I'll blow my <laughs> entire yard with my blower. The next day it doesn't look like I touched it. So I make the biggest leaf pile I could possibly make. All the kids come and they play in it. Uh, parents will bring crock pots full of stuff to share. They'll bring their own drinks and food, and we just have this kind of outdoor potluck 
hangout party. We get all the kids together for a picture. So we've got mm. this uh, this annual picture <laughs> of the kids getting a little bit bigger and yeah. bigger. And there's always kids freaking out. And like, right. you know, some of the kids are great. Some of the kids are like crying. crying and um, the Peter Chris makeup is running all over. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we just have a blast, man. We have, so we try to invite, you know, our people from church, we try to invite neighbors, we try to invite, we, we actually tell people that we invite, invite your friends, invite yeah. someone that you want to invite. Like this is just, we're not, it's just pretty easy, low key. We show, um, so then everybody, we, and we warn our neighbors, Yeah. we will have a mob of children. There'll be like 40 kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all so you know you kind of have to stock up if you're in a neighborhood because you're about yeah. to have forty a swarm like, of children come it's, through. It's not the Walking Dead; it's the Walking Kids coming yeah. in, a, in a herd. Yeah, to get yeah. So Reese's. if you've got yeah. like a lame bowl of candy yeah. with like thirty things in it, it's yeah. gone. Yeah, you got to have a lot of candy in our neighborhood. <laughs> Beach nut and tootsie rolls. Uh, yeah. So so uh, <laughs> a bit and of then honey. and then we bring a bit of <laughs> please <laughs> okay, n- n- enough of the bit of honey. Yeah, enough of that. Don't give that out. Oh, away with thee. <laughs> out. I'm out with a bit of honey. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we will will show. Uh, we showed the Charlie Brown uh, Halloween thing. Great out, pumpkin. Yeah, the great pumpkin out on a projector in our backyard. And then we just wrap it up. And awesome. it's just fun. Yeah, it's man. fun. It's great. My my wife, I'm, I'm like not the, you know, I'm not an abstentionist, but I'm not the leader of the pack for this holiday. My wife will still put on a cowgirl outfit and, and go around the neighbors. I, I I sometimes would too. A cowgirl girl outfit? Yeah, she, Reed, you'd she, put one of those well, on? You no. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dress up for Halloween. I don't do the adult uh, Halloween thing. Yeah. I'm I'm lame like that. My wife's not. She's like she's a she's awesome. Um, but we took turns, you know, in New Jersey taking the kids out, walking around. But my wife is awesome because like when we first moved to New Jersey, we literally knew one person in the state. We're up there to plant a church, and my wife uh, started this tradition in our neighborhood, and she. Basically basically did this little thing called booing people where you like put a bag of candy, you put a sticker on or a piece of paper with a ghost on it, stick it on their house and say, you've been booed, do that to your other neighbors. And, and literally my whole neighborhood was, was papered with nice. these little ghosts and booze. And then, uh, at the end of how, after everybody went out and, you know, get their candy and everything, my wife hosted like a chili and cook a big yep. pot of chili, hot chocolate. Everyone came to our house. We had neighbors meeting each other yeah. for the first time in our house who'd lived in the same street for 10 years. Wow. And so the hospitality that I saw my wife do one, lady Italian lady named Dolores came in our house she was dressed I think by uh, like the Wizard of Oz Dorothy um and she was like, oh, you did that boo thing. And Casey's like, oh, I don't know who did that. She's like, I live here 10 years and I've never been booed. <laughs> and um, so it was just wonderful watching my wife yeah. uh, look at this holiday, have fun with our kids, and then invite people into our home uh, where we were able to meet people and then extend fellowship. Some some people visit our church because of the, the yep. friendship that was yep, formed same. counterculturally in our neighborhood. Yeah. This year, I'm getting uh, you know a big chunk of my thigh cut out, literally, not for the effect mm. of stitches and yeah, yeah. I literally have a, p- a severe precancerous thing in my leg, so it's not cancer. Don't freak out anybody, but you know it's one of those that they want to take. So I'll have home duty tomorrow night where I will hand out the the. I will deal Reese's. So you'll buy um, the candy. You'll hand it out. So we'll you're still participating. Yeah, we participate, man. We do. We try to be wise. You don't want to be the um, house with the lights off. No, in your we're not that. And say go to church or Turkey or anything like nice. that on Halloween. Uh, but our ultimate goal, obviously, is to meet people yeah. and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Resist the practices that would lead towards occultic things or or playing with devils. Yeah. That's not wise. 
Um, and so there's a resistance, yeah. but while you participate, and I think every missionary, right, in any culture has to resist certain aspects of the culture while engaging and participating in celebrations appropriately to the glory of God. There's a bit um, of biblical uh, wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I call this biblical casuistry, case, a case study from the Bible, because you might think, man, this this thing in the Bible, that's not my thing. But I'm wrestling with whether I should have a glass of wine at happy hour with my coworkers, yep. or I'm wrestling with how much Halloween do I do or not. And so the, the passage in Scripture that just deals specifically with this kind of cultural reality of the gospel going to cultures and Christians disagreeing is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, the issue uh, for the folks in ancient Corinth, which is kind of a wild place in itself, uh, was whether Christians could buy meat, right, in the marketplace that was actually sacrificed to a false god. Yeah. So you have the demon meat, uh, false demon god meat, meat. <laughs> and but it's like on Blue Light Special, right? It's like 50% well, off and, discount, right? And probably so, they couldn't tell, right? I mean, you just walk through the market and... Filet is a filet, yeah, no just, matter what god, meat, right? Man. You gotta so, get your meat. So there were Christians who thought just that, Jesse. They were yeah. like, hey, man, those those gods aren't anything, or even if they are, Jesus is greater, everything, you know, other scriptures we have that all food can be participated with yep. Thanksgiving. And others would say, man, I can't, I can't get past looking at this meat, knowing where it was bought, thinking about the false worship of this people that breaks my heart, so I can't eat it. And so instead of Paul either, you know, giving the full thumbs up, or the pointing out that everybody was wrong, or certainly not giving the middle finger. He wanted the people to love each other. And so the advice he gives is is super, super wise, obviously inspired by God. But I'm going to just read a short passage of Scripture yeah. here. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 23-31 in the English Standard Version. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. That's a great principle. Christians, you're free. You can do lots of things in the world, but we want to build one another up in community and love. Let no one seek just his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat what is ever sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He quotes the Psalms. And if anyone of the unbelievers invites you to dinner or Halloween party, uh, you are disposed to go eat whatever is set before you without raising any questions on the ground of conscience. So here is a, a participation, thoughtful yeah. engagement. And by being. the way, he's saying you you don't be a picky eater, right? Yeah. If, you, if your non-Christian <laughs> friends invite <laughs> right. you over, right. and don't they, be a picky and eater. And they want you to eat vegan. Eat the gluten. They want you Just to eat, eat vegan hamburgers or something. Oh, yeah, or eat the... Oh. Yeah. See, then now you're yeah, stretching me, tough, man. man. I don't know if I can do this, but uh, this yeah. is what you do, right? You go in. Uh, verse 28. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, oh yeah, participate with me in my uh, God, the meat that I worship my God with, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his, for why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. This issue of meat, sacrifice to idols is all throughout chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. And the point is, is look, if this is a worship issue, we don't go in. If this is dinner with our friends, we are free to give thanks for yeah. the meat and 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 take and take part. Now there are some other passages that talk about you don't want to cause your brother to stumble in something. So if your participation with Halloween, uh, if you make your buddy go to your trick or treating party mm-hmm. and, he, and he's destroyed by that, he thinks you're doing something wrong. Don't do that to him. Yeah. 
Um, but at the same time, all of us have the responsibility. Uh, the weaker brother has the responsibility to grow up and not stumble all the time. And then certainly we have the responsibility to not put things before people uh, to cause them to think you're doing something uh, evil. For instance, yeah. the alcoholic guy, you're like, hey, man, you can drink two beers with me. Well, he can't. And so we care for one another in community. And the way we handle these things, even things like Halloween. Yeah, and I think I think that first Corinthians 10 passage is so interesting because he's saying, uh, not for the sake of my own conscience, but for someone else's or, or you know, the sake of yeah. uh, the consciousness that, or the conscience of this person, right? Because right. really what I want to do is I want to make sure that I'm not giving this person the wrong idea. A false impression that the false worship is true, is, okay. is valid, right. is you can, right. you can do both. That's you can right. both worship your God and that's Yahweh right. or our, our right. God. That's and right. So I think that's really helpful. You know, yeah. one of the things with, uh, so our family, uh, so this is probably just my philosophy of, of, of uh, meaning and translatability. Yeah. And it, it shapes the way I view Halloween, uh, is what matters most is not what this word or this custom meant 1,500 years ago. Right. Uh, I don't know any Druids. Right. <laughs> I'm not friends with any, anybody who's, who's like summoning devils. Right. Uh, that's just... Now, I'm not saying it's not happening. Right. And when it does, right, or if it is with you or your children, that's a serious matter. It's a serious matter. And, it, may, and it, w- it would potentially cause a change in, what I, in my practices. Right. right? If my next-door neighbor was a... A high priest and of, of Satanism, yeah, you, a Wiccan priestess or Wiccan things would priest. change. Yeah, come right. over and worship, you know, uh, the, the the spirits of nature with me. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Then 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 I would. So to me, what matters is what does this word or this custom, this tradition mean in my context, in yeah. my neighborhood, in uh, in in to our us. era, to us, to because God, God has put me with actual neighbors who I'm called to love. And so I need to think about those neighbors, not uh, not fifth century Druid priests that I honestly don't even know that much about. Right. Nobody does. We sort of can make conjectures and guesses about yeah, what what they did, that have right? Come down and yeah. And so uh, so for me, I think that's that's kind of a a basic you know presupposition is not so much what did this mean, but what does it mean? There are words now that mean something totally different than they meant thirty yeah. years ago or a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And and so we have to take in a, in a, in a, into our own thinking. What does this word mean to my neighbors? What does this word mean to my church? What does this word or custom? What does this custom or tradition mean now? So, uh, you know, that's. So if yeah. we could summarize and go back to our hand, I don't think any Christian has the right to point the finger at others who do something with Halloween as necessarily all evil just because they did. You know, kids dressed up as a little Incredible Hulk and went and <laughs> said yeah. trick or treat. So prohibitionists, you step back, reconsider. Nor should we throw caution to the wind with something like uh, occultic practices and yeah. thumbs up and green light everything. Uh, in the middle there, and I'm not saying being casual in our treatment of things. Think about what what you can. If you're coming out of Wiccanism, you probably don't want to celebrate Halloween, and I get that. Abstain. Yep. Uh, if there are moderate practices where you participate, think about it wisely. Right? Is the Hell House the most uh, strategic way to reach my neighbors? It might be, might not be. It's not for me. Um, and then, how do you thoughtfully engage people on this wonderful night mm-hmm. where you might mix with people that normally don't come together 
in the same context yeah. on the same street. And can we say if you're whatever finger you fall on, <laughs> right. uh, that we need to be charitable towards the other fingers. That's right. Yeah. So I, right. I, I, I find, uh, oftentimes the, 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 um, well, I don't know what, I forget what fingers these things are, you know, the middle <laughs> finger <laughs> getting that's, itself that's to, your the, abstentionist, to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the, uh, to the, uh, ring finger, you know, yeah. in other words, a lot of times we, we think that whatever finger we fall on in that is the right finger. Yeah. And if you're not on that finger, everybody else is you're, bad. You're just dumb, yeah. or you're or you're bad. Yeah. And so I, I think one of the things we also want to say is, uh, let's make room. You know, let's yeah. make sure that we're thinking charitably about yeah. people with different views about this, and, and learn practices. and learn why and what together as we do it. But the yeah. bottom line: don't point fingers and don't thumbs up everything in yeah. the world that is tainted with sin and false worship. Hey, let me give you one one last one last. Uh, I meant to bring this up earlier with the practice of shaming the evil, shaming oh, yeah, yeah. the evil, gargoyles. Hollywood, the gargoyles, and, yeah. and really the idea of dressing up in that way as a, as a form of uh, mocking. Uh, I think it's biblical. Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? Uh, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. So now we've yeah. got this this picture of the uh, the evil forces in opposition to God, the Father, and His Anointed One, which we know to be Jesus, His right, Son. Right. And the, and this is what they say: the evil right. forces let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. So setting up in rebellion, you know, the against dark forces God, against yeah. God. And then it says this in in Psalm two four: He who sits in the heavens laughs; the Lord holds them in derision. Mm. And so there's this picture that God is even scoffing. Uh, he's mocking. He's mocking the devil, yeah, right? And yeah. so Hab- the book of Habakkuk has a little bit of that too, yeah. As well, um, the one thing to add to that because I totally agree uh, the 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 lowly setting up itself against uh, God Almighty is silly, and so God rightly sees it as such. The one thing I would add to that is that Christians. Uh, are not called to like, hey, I'm the one. We're called to resist the devil, and he will flee from us. We're called, uh, in Jesus' name, has power over Satan and demons. Jesus is the victor yep. over it. Uh, but the, the the important reminder comes out of the book of Jude, where uh, we know it's the Lord who rebukes the devil. Yeah. And we don't mock on our own, because uh, then we would confide in our own strength yep. over uh, spiritual powers that we uh, think we know uh, about, but... Literally, God is the one yeah. who is the the one who can talk junk to the devil, do the end zone dance, and slam it down in triumphal yeah. procession and, and, and victory over. Psalm Satan two just was kind of a for historically this sort of grounding idea of like, yeah. there's, let's you know participate yeah. with God in this. Again, I'm not saying that we need to go around uh, dressing like the the devil in order to shame the devil with how, with how ridiculous right. he is. Right. Uh, but there is a history there with that. That's right, and there's biblical warrant. Greater yeah. is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Well, if uh, as we close today, I'm going to do a couple review issues. We talk books and tech and movies and things, but don't care enough to write anything. It's not a review. We're not that into it. So sit right down. It's time for review-ish. All right. Well, a couple things that you might want to be interested in. Two, two things. I mentioned... Uh, uh, the history of uh, Christianity and uh, alcohol. So I want to recommend a book on that. And then also a book just on the history of 
Halloween. The Halloween book is this, uh, the book by Nicholas Rogers, Halloween from Pagan Ritual to Party Night, uh, 2002 Oxford University Press, very comprehensive, even has a nice little font in the Kindle edition. You can check that out. And then a book about prohibition, So, because you know Christians were very involved in prohibiting alcohol, uh, the pointing the finger, so to speak, at beer um, and other things uh, throughout the late 19th and early 20th century. Whether or not that was helpful to Christianity in America, I'll leave up to you, but there's a book called Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition by Daniel Ockrent fantastic book looking at uh, those players that were involved in passing an amendment to our Constitution that was then uh, rescinded later with some low alcohol beers being brought to the White House. You can check that out. And finally, I want to brag a little bit on our review section, Jesse. Last night, October 29th, the issue of Shark Tank, the CNBC show Shark Tank, where uh, angel investors invest in companies. They invested in the brazen life, more foam rollers. So ah, the instrument of torture from last time. Hey, man. The, gospel the foam roller. The gospel underground was ahead of the Shark You're Tank. You're welcome, Shark Tank. <laughs> You're welcome for putting them on the map for you. Well, hey, Jesse, it's been a great episode. Yeah. Enjoy your party. I don't know what our plans is. I know what our kids are going to be. I don't know if we're here or there. I'm guessing we'll be in our neighborhood, but thank you, brother, yeah. for that invite. I'm sure it's going to be a quite the horde heading down your street for a bit of honey. But thanks, as always, to Sugar the High Lows for allowing us to license the song. See it for yourself as our theme song. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change and the Bonhoeffer House. Send your comments, feedback, music ups, or questions you might have that you'd like us to take up here to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands of Halloween between the church and culture, and we want to see you out there in them streets. Peace.